the 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 KVEC presents the Fismo Beach Today Show. If it's happening in Fismo Beach, it's on Fismo Beach Today. Now, here's your host, Anita Schauer. Oh my gosh, it's Sunday. Good afternoon and welcome to the Fismo Beach Today Show. My name is Anita Schauer and I am your desired radio personality. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we have Devin McQuaid from the Five Cities Homeless Coalition. Please stand by. We're gonna do a little update about the last fundraiser and what we may expect for 2024. Let's talk briefly about the sponsors of the show. Robert Robert, who is Dr. Electric, because your electrical health is his main concern. Miss Etiquette, teaching manners to children and very interested adults. Diamond Jewelry and Loan with Bobby's Spectacular Location in Santa Maria, California. Go in there and look at the beautiful guitars and the jewelry and the air compressors. Of course, I would bring that up. Uh, the archery department is no more. Everything is gone for now. They do have uh, lots of uh, beautiful crucifixes. They have beautiful paintings, sculptures. You want to go in there and take a look at things, please. Xbox One games always in demand and always there and apple airpods as well location millard east main phone 805-314-2028-314-2028 and remember they're closed on sundays and mondays diamond jewelry and loan jim dritzis of dritzis and company for all of your tax and accounting questions we'll see if we can get jim to come on and talk to us about what's new with the irs our favorite friend, Bruce Van Vork of Finn's Seafood Restaurant on the beach at the end of Grand Avenue, Grover Beach. And we always want to thank Bruce very much for hosting and supporting the Five Cities Homeless Coalition and their fundraising events. And remember, Bruce has terrific food, terrific help, terrific music, and he's terrific. Dr. Dan Kopp of the Kopp Dental Group with Dr. Dan Kopp. Dr. Mike Roberts and Dr. Alina True, number 543-5321. And that's 805-543-5321. And we're going to give Dr. Dan Kopp the highest rating for 2024. And that would be 200 trillion, 200 billion, 555 million and nonstop super gajillion. And thank you very much for my beautiful smile, truly. Pismo Dice of Pat McCann, wonderfully delicious Pismo wines available to you at California Fresh over there at the Pacific Coast Shopping Center and also through Costa de Oro Wine Tasting Winery in Santa Maria. And you may also call Pat for your Pismo Dice products he would love that. And what else? He has limited items left right now. Oh my gosh, is that true? So you can go to pismopat805 at aol.com. That's pismopat805 at aol.com and he will fulfill your orders. 
and then he's going to come on the show and tell us what's new and great. Sierra Body Shop in Grover Beach on beautiful South 4th Street. Wonderful professionals in the office and out in the back fixing your vehicle. They'll give you a courtesy estimate. They'll give you a ride to and fro, fro and to. And this is a hello to Johnny and Butch and Mike. You want to go in there and say hi to them, please. 805-481-3855 is their number. 481-3855 and the Royal Grandy Home and Garden. And we want to welcome Doug McMillan and his three fine restaurants as sponsors. That would be Rose's Restaurante, Ada's Fish House, and what else? Vista at the south. No, Vista at the north end of Price Street on the water. The other two are at the south end of Price Street. So go in there, one of those three. But before you go, please call and find out what parking is available, what time they open, if they'll take reservations, and call 773-0551. And that's for information, 5805-773-0551. Thank you. And Roxy Buchanan of the Natural Toolbox Pismo Outlets Open 10 a.m. daily. Go in there and see what's available for you to purchase. 172 artisans. There must be something in there you would just love to have. And we welcome Council Chevron on 13th at West Grand Avenue in Grover Beach. Remember, the station is all you can imagine in service. Beverages, food, sweatshirts, everything for the beach, ice cream. And they have an automated car wash service you can buy a little ticket right after you pay for your gasolina get a ticket and have your car washed it's wonderful it's a lot of fun elizabeth head insurance services and her famous farmers insurance office on west grand avenue ninth street grover beach for all of your insurance questions and needs and to find out the joy of owning an umbrella policy which we're going to hear about soon 481-5324 Four eight one five three two four, and Brenda Auer, a wonderful human being and our Cracker Jack realtor in our area. She'll help you find that perfect piece of property on the Central Coast, especially to suit your needs. 805-801-6694. 805-801-6694. Remember, the office is located in the heart of the village of Royal Grande and Splash Cafe. Remember to go online when you're waiting in line. Have products delivered right to your door. That would include their award-winning cakes and baked goods and their famous spices. Do this, please. And Joanne's coming on very soon. We're going to hear all about uh, the catering business. The Grocery Outlet to Royal Grande, California with Haley and Michael Testa. Remember to visit and shop the Grocery Outlet first. First with best prices, best selections, surprise items, including rakes and brooms in the grocery store for sale. Beautiful plants, including orchids and a wonderful wine selection put together by Jeff. Remember the Testas live right here in the five cities and our fabulous community supporters, Grocery Outlet. Kevin's 76th Station, Five Cities Drive, Pismo Beach. 
full service station for your vehicle. Nicest people on earth working there. Please stop by and at least say hello and have them check out your tires. You may need new tires. They will let you know. And Kristen Becker, certified divorce coach. With a divorce, where do you want to be and how do you want to get there? What you want to do is find Kristen Becker, a certified divorce coach who will walk with you every step of the way. Remember the activity guide for this time of the year is out. If you didn't get one, call Colleen. If you have questions about what's in there, call Colleen. If you have questions about something that you want in there and it's not in there, call Colleen. 773-7063. 773-7063. Pismo Beach City Council meetings are available in person. On-site meetings in the City Council Chambers, Pismo Beach. First and third Tuesdays of each month. It's really fun. Go see Jorge Garcia. He's a very good city manager. And the city council, terrific. And Mayor Ed Wagi, they all would like to see you. Please go. Pismo Preserve is open, except when it rains. It might be a little soggy now. I don't know. I haven't seen anybody going up and down in the last three days. Give the Land Conservancy a call, and they'll fill you in. 805, because they're in charge. 544-9096. 805-544-9096. And the Airstreams are on the Pismo Beach Pier. One is the Visitor Center brought to you by the city of Pismo Beach. And they want you to walk up there and talk to all those lovely people who are sitting in that Airstream and ask them all kinds of questions about Pismo Beach. Okay. Two beach wheelchairs. Yes. Still available by contacting the Sandcastle Inn on the beach. Yes. You can rent that free of charge, yes. For three-hour increments, yes. 773-2422. 773-2422. You do not have to be a guest at the Sandcastle Inn to access the beach wheelchairs. And the volunteers, thank you, thank you, thank you for cleaning up the Pismo Beach Pier, the Pier Plaza, and downtown every Sunday at 8 a.m. If you want to join them, please do 8 a.m. Look for Lisa. She'll give you a bolsa that you can fill up with a basura and bring back to her. And remember, there's no smoking downtown Pismo Beach or at the outlets and no vaping. And if you must smoke, take your butts with you, according to Ben Fine. Thank you, Ben Fine. That's good advice. Let's see, Pismo Beach Chamber of Commerce, very busy trying to get their uh, calendar in order. We'll have to keep up with them and see what's going to happen. Something's coming up. Let's see, today's Sunday, Grover City Grange. Uh, I think breakfast is over today, but you can certainly go to breakfast in February. We always like to tell you what they're doing. So let's tell you when they're doing that. That is going to be February the 4th. Eight o'clock in the morning. Yummy, yummy. San Luis Symphony, full steam ahead. Next symphony will be February the 3rd. Clark Center and Royal Grande, full steam ahead. Let's see what's up. The Doo-Wop Project, January 15th. Call for tickets if that's what you would like to do. I think that's it for today. Let's talk to Devin at the Coalition. 
Hi there. Hello, Miss Anita. How are you? I am doing well. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. May I wish you a happy new year? Yes. And to you as well. Thank you very much. I did leave you a couple donuts the other day. Oh, I know. Our staff loved that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's so much fun because they're like little kids when you bring in a box of donuts. Oh, they're so excited. I know I walked downstairs and they were already pretty much all gone. <laughs> I should put your name on one. Please. Yes. Next time. <laughs> well, we want to do a little catch up if you don't mind. The last fundraiser you had was under the tent, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Giving Tuesday dinner for a cause. And was it successful? Yes, it was so successful. It was our second year um, in the tent. I mean, we just can't say thank you enough to Bruce over at Finns and, and his staff. Um, they really wanted to kind of upscale this event and were able to provide the, the tent for us. It was a beautiful evening. We had great weather, gorgeous sunset, um, brought in one of his you know favorite artists, Manny English, to play some music. People were up and dancing, and um, I think we raised just over $40,000, so we're, we're pretty happy. You're happy with that amount, correct? Yes, of course. And the auction went great. Yeah, we have so many donors that that come out for this. I mean, we had like an electric guitar, um, a camping barbecue, you know, full full setup there, staycations from all of our you know favorite local hotels. So, um, you know, it's that time of year, and and people really start to to give and and think about those that are less fortunate, you know, in our community. And um, that's a great way to kind of come out and, and show your appreciation and show your support. And, you know, for us, we just turn right back around and, and put all that money back into our services and, and to our clients. Bruce donates 100% of the proceeds. So, um, you know, it's really a, a no overhead, you know, cost for us for an event like that. So every single dollar that's spent at those events goes right back into Five Cities Homeless Coalition. You know, we all love being there. It's a fun event. Right. You got to come. <laughs> it's just it's so nice. You're going to go and you know, you know, who's going to be there. And you always look for Jana because, you know, Jana's everybody's favorite girlfriend. She is. And she is. And it, it's just uh, it has a vibe about it that you don't get it in the other fundraiser. Yeah, it's really great. And, you know, and I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, again, the people that come out and support and, you know, Bruce just does such a great job at bringing the community together and, you know, just really hammering home, you know, people need to step up and need to support. It's, you know, we can't do it all on our own. We need businesses. We need community members. You know, we, we need that kind of wraparound support so that we can keep doing the boots on the ground work. Um, but he really, if you come out to his events, you really get that feeling, you know, that he just wants the community to be engaged and he really wants everyone to, to understand that we all play a role in, you know, helping That's address right. this issue. Yeah. So then we went right into Christmas and I, and I understand there was some kind of a, was there a sock drive? Is that what we heard earlier? Yeah. So KBC, yeah. So KBC and KJUG, um, a couple other radio stations pull together. They do a big sock drive for us um, and a pajama drive, um, which is really great. So our socks, you know, we use all year long, but it's been really wet and cold out. So um, those are just a, a great tool, especially for our outreach team to have. You know, we get a lot of folks this time of year who are living outside and won't necessarily want to engage in services throughout the rest of the year. Um, but if you can go out, you know, with a pair of socks and, and say, hey, you know, no strings attached. We, we just want to, you know, get your feet 
warm and, and dry and, you know, we're here when you need us. Um, and so it really is a great kind of engagement tool to start the conversation. We open our winter warming center this time of year. People come in just sopping wet. Um, and so to be able to give people, you know, a dry pair of clothes and sweatpants, a hot meal, um, it really goes a long way, you know, for people who have been outside for for quite a while to think, okay, you know, maybe maybe I might be ready to, to start making some steps towards towards moving back into housing. Wouldn't that be lovely? Yeah. Uh, the um, warming center is going to be open now until approximately when? We usually go through about April. Um, it's dependent on our funding and, and having a location. <laughs> you know, it's a scramble every year. Um, we, were, we were lucky this year to find a last minute location at St. John's Lutheran Church um, out on Valley Road. Um, so they've been hosting us the last couple of weeks to be able to open. We're hoping to have a more permanent location here really soon. Um, so we're really excited about that um, over on Grand Avenue. Um, but for now, we're just really grateful to, to St. John's for being able to, to open those doors. And we've got ride on transportation. So if folks can't make it out there, you know, on foot or by car, on a bike, um, we've got transportation that, that will drive around and pick folks up. They can always call our office and, you know, find out when we're going to be open, if it's going to be rainy or cold. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's it's a great, you know, way to get people engaged and, and learn about our services. We always find new people every year who have never heard of us or have never been able to, to access our services who, you know, their first interaction is walking into the warming center and um, for us to be able to give them a dry pair of socks, a, you know, dry pair of sweatpants and, and serve a hot meal um, just starts to kind of build that, that trust and that rapport that there's services out there to help. Are you accepting donations of socks and sweatpants right now? Absolutely. Um, yeah, well, all year long, we'll take it. Um, but this year, especially, you know, we've already been open seven nights just in the last couple of weeks with all the rain we've had. We're expecting a lot more. So um, donations, volunteers, um, our winter warming center, you know, is pretty limited in terms of staffing because it's seasonal. So we rely really heavily on our volunteers who come out and um, want to do the check-in process, help us set up, get guests, you know, kind of settled and, and their spaces set up make a meal, bring a meal out, you know, serve it. Um, we've had a couple nights where we've had 25 plus people. Um, so again, it's a great way to kind of get engaged with our services and have some really hands-on, you know, experience to kind of see who's out there. And, and it's always incredible to hear people's stories. Um, you know, I think it's a really humbling experience to get to know someone and, and realize, you know, it's, it's one or two things. And, and, you know, this is kind of where this person's life has, has ended up. And, can be a, a easy hole to fall into, but a really ho hard hole to get out of. Um, and so I think it's a really awesome hands-on volunteer experience for those that might be interested. Now, if someone wants to bring some meals over to the warming center, should they call you first? Yeah, we'll usually get one or two folks um, to either kind of put together a meal or we've got quite a few who are happy to cook for, you know, 25 people. Um, so we have a volunteer, a new volunteer coordinator. So if you contact our office, um, which is 805-574-1638, just ask for Stephanie um, and she can get you all set up with the with the information and um, she'll, we usually try to let people know about 48 hours out from when we're going to open. Uh, we only open on nights when it's a 50% chance or higher for rain or um, 38 degrees or colder. Um, so it is kind of a last minute, you know, gear up and, and get everything set up. But for those that, you know, have that flexibility in their schedule and are, are willing to help out, um, we're happy for all the help we can get. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Devin McQuaid. Five Cities Homeless Coalition. Now, how when when you're going to reopen the warming center and it's on the spur of the moment, how do you get that word out? 
we have a ton of different communication methods, um, just because we know, especially for folks who want to utilize the warming center, you know, may not have access to email. Um, so we have a text notification system that folks can get added to. So you'll receive a text the morning that we're going to be opening. Um, and if you want to get added to that list, you can contact our office and we'll put your number on there. We've got an email notification uh, system that goes out and that's a really, you know, most of our volunteers are on that list. And so they get geared up and ready. Um, and then you can always check our Facebook um, or contact our warming center hotline, um, which is 805-295. 1501. Um, and so that'll always have a voicemail recording of whether or not we're open. So we try to make it as easy as possible so that folks who, you know, want to find out if the warming center is open have quite a few different ways that they can get in touch or um, find out if we're going to be open that night. Gosh, that's that, those are wonderful ways, especially the automatic texting system. That's yeah. terrific. And then the other, the hotline is 805-295-1501. Correct. That's great. And this at this time is at St. John's. That's yeah. A, and they have a kitchen over there, correct? Yeah. So cooking for meals and stuff, we still ask people to prepare them off site and bring them on site to serve. Um, but we've got ways to heat things up and, um, you know, store food. So if we have leftovers, um, we love to send people out in the morning with an extra meal so that they can have it that day. And then is breakfast included if they spend the night there? Yeah. So is that food all donated to you also, correct? Yeah, so we always love to have, you know, breakfast food, kind of continental breakfast type items. Um, our folks love, you know, stuff that they can heat up during the middle of the night, those little mac and cheese, you know, packets, um, top ramen, you know, just uh, soft granola bars, anything that, that they can snack on throughout the night, or we can send them out in the morning so that folks have, you know, something to get them through the rest of the day. And then what are the hours, please, for the, uh, for the warming center? They have to be in by what time? We open at 5.30 and folks have to be in by eight o'clock. Um, okay. So we do have a curfew and it's, um, you know, once you're in, you're in for the night. Um, we're usually out around 7 a.m. the next morning. So it is just an overnight shelter um, for folks. Our transportation usually picks up around 5.15 or 5.30. Um, so if folks are looking for a ride, that um, would have to hop on that bus. We only have one option to get over there. But otherwise, if you've got a bike or a car, um, folks are welcome to come in up until 8 p.m. And then, of course, we always have to know if pets allowed or not allowed. Pets aren't allowed at this location um, for the time being, but hopefully when we have a new location, we'll be able to accommodate that. And the new location should be for 2024? Yeah, we're hoping to get in there in the next couple of months. We've got we've got a lot in the works for 2024. We're hitting the ground running, Anita. <laughs> <laughs> and you're, you're pretty well situated there on South 4th Street. You're not going to move out of that building, even though it's a little tight. No. <laughs> yeah, we're pretty happy here. We're definitely looking for um, some additional space. We've got our new shelter opening right down the street. So we'll hopefully have some additional office spaces there. Our staff just continues to grow. Um, we've got feels like a new person walking in the door every day, um, which is really great. You know, we've got some awesome uh, case managers and admin staff that have helped grow our team. You know, we've got we'll we'll be up to four locations, five locations, you know, probably by the end of this year. So um, to see this little coalition that you know i started six years ago and i think there were only about six of us and you know now we're getting close to 50 employees with multiple sites so um i think all of us here would like to say you know we'd love to go out of business for a lack of clientele but unfortunately we're trending in the opposite direction um but we are really grateful that you know we have the funding and we have the resources and the you know cities 
support and county support to be able to, you know, open these new locations, provide additional shelter, um, you know, and add on these kind of additional wraparound services for folks that really need it. So you're talking about the Barca location off of South 4th Street, correct? Yep. So you're going to have offices there as well? Yeah, we'll have some case managers on site. So our our cabins for change that's over on Long Branch right now, we've got a um, shelter manager there, a shelter supervisor, and then our additional um, case managers and shelter monitors. So this site will also have kind of the same setup where we've got some additional office space over there. Case managers can be on site to work with folks, you know, five days a week. um, And that way we'll be able to kind of shift some folks over to, to that location and work with um, we're going to have 30 units over there. So we'll, we'll have more folks living over on that site than we do on our current cabin site. Um, and so we'll have some additional case management services over there for that population. And then it has a new name, doesn't it? Because of some wonderful sponsors. Yeah. Um, so it's called Belico on Barca, um, which Belico is um, Tagalog for my home. Um, so it's my home on Barca. And, you know, like our, like our cabins right now, we just really want people to come in and feel like they have a space of their own, feel like they have a home, um, you know, that they want to come in and feel comfortable. It's not permanent, but this is your, this is your space for the time being. I'm sure everyone is going to be thrilled, truly. Now, do you you imagine anything happening in a Royal Grand Day for the Five Cities Homeless Coalition? We, you know, we'd love to provide services everywhere. Aurora Grande has offered a ton of support for us. Um, You know, they've been helping with some additional funding for some of these projects. Um, Right now, you know, we're really centralized in in Grover Beach and and we've got the, um, you know, housing project coming up in Pismo and and we're working with Aurora Grande on some additional additional projects or, um, you know, needs in, in that community that we can still support. So the Pismo one that you're referring to is off of Five Cities Drive? Yeah, so there's a new housing project up there um, that'll be opening hopefully here in the next couple of months. And a lot of those units are set aside for homeless individuals. Um, and so it's a, a big collaboration of, of agency partners, you know, working with County Behavioral Health, the Housing Authority, People Self-Help Housing. Um, we'll be doing some case management for the youth set-aside units that are in there. So these are youth that are formerly homeless, um, moving into those units, and, and we'll be working with those folks. So that's going to be a great opportunity. We have uh, quite a few of our clients that have been selected for to move into those units. And um, again, it's really the, the housing that we need, you know, for, for folks that have been out for a long time or who are pretty limited income, um, this is, you know, one of the only options they have to get back into housing and get back on their feet. And may I ask how many units altogether? I believe it's 40 or 50 units. Um, yeah. And so five will be set aside for, for the youth program. And we'll be working with those um, youth once they move in. That's a wonderful opportunity for a young person. Yeah. Now there, there's an application process. Yeah, the units are actually, I think, already all spoken for. Um, typically with these, you have to be really on top of it. They'll they'll open applications months before the project's even finished. Um, and so they'll have a rolling wait list from there. So, you know, ideally, especially with the transitional units, the idea is, again, this isn't your forever home. Um, we're going to, you know, move you in, especially with the youth, you know, have you stay there for, for a while while you're getting your employment, increasing your income, um, you know, working on whatever other stuff you need to work on. And then hopefully you're moving on from this unit once you, you've stabilized and you've got your income and, and you're finding a place of your own. 
So are you looking for people? Well, it's already full, but are most of those people employed people? Some of them are and some of them aren't. Um, you know, it can be really hard to hold down a job while you don't have a roof over your head. So um, that's, you know, that's one of those things that we start looking at, you know, whether it's this project or the cabins, um, you know, within that first kind of couple of weeks, first month, um, we're looking at, can you work? What kind of work can you do? And, you know, can we help you find that employment um, to increase that income? Or if someone's disabled, you know, can we help you apply for that disability income so that you at least have something coming in the door and then we're looking at what our options are. We'll be right back. Thank you very much. This is the Fismo Beach Today Show on News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 KVEC. Stay tuned for more with your host, Anita Shower, next. Now, back to the Fismo Beach Today Show on News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 KVEC. Here's your host, Anita Shower. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for staying with us. This is the Five Cities Homeless Coalition's Day of Days over here at the Abysmal Beach Today Show. We have Devin McQuaid with us, and I first want to thank our sponsors, and then we're going to continue learning about what's new in 2024 for the Five Cities Homeless Coalition. We want to thank Dr. Electric, Miss Etiquette, Diamond Jewelry and Loan, Jim Dritzis, Bruce Van Vork, the Cop Dental Group, Pismo Dice with Pat McCann, Sierra Body Shop, Doug McMillan, the Natural Toolbox with Roxy Buchanan, Couts's Chevron, Elizabeth Head Insurance Services, Brenda Auer Real Estate, Splash Cafe, Kevin 76 Station Pismo Beach, Kristen Becker, a certified divorce coach. Thank you very much. Oh, we have so much fun on here. 2024, here we are in January. What's the next event coming up for the Five Cities Homeless Coalition? Well, we just made it through Christmas, so we've got a little break right now. Um, we had we had a wonderful holiday season, though. I can't. I mean, people were just coming from all over, dropping off toys and you know clothing and all sorts of stuff just to make sure our families had a wonderful Christmas. So, um, you know, Astound Business Solutions did a huge toy drive for us. The Melodrama did a bring a toy night. Um, so we had our little Santa. I think you came stop by one day, but we had our little Santa's workshop um, all set up. AGPD got a bunch of household items, which was really awesome for our family. Oh gosh, so that's all wonderful into... news. Yeah, it was really fantastic. So we're, we're happy for a little break right now, but then we'll be diving into our um, golf tournament in March. So another um, Bruce Van Voort favorite, uh, <laughs> you know, Pismo Beach Golf Course, we come out, it's tournament style. Um, that's probably one of my favorite events. It's just super fun. We get a whole different uh, kind of cohort of, of people who come out and support big barbecue lunch catered by Finns. Um, same deal as always. Again, they, you know, they donate the course, they donate the food, they donate their staff time. Jeez. I, you know, I just, it blows me away every single time and, and people just, you know, love to come out and, and support that event. Well, um, you're correct. Really you know, fun. you do have a whole different group of people that come to the golf. <laughs> yeah. They're crazy men. <laughs> I know. It is really fun though. <laughs> No, I mean, it's really important to them. It's that, well, important to them to play the game and it's important to them to be there. And yeah, well, and it's important to them to win. <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't want to say that, but that's true. <laughs> no, it gets pretty competitive, but it's really fun. You know, it's for us, it's it's all for a good cause. So, you know, we love when people come out and, and you know, want to play the challenge holes and, you know, and then we've got another awesome kind of raffle and silent auction um, that we do in the tent afterwards. And so um, people just love to come out, have a good time, listen to music, play some golf. It's it's a great day. 
And if someone wants to donate a um, gift basket, when should they bring it to you? This is an, for an April tournament, correct? Yeah, it'll either be the end of March or early April. Um, we always try to, you know, take a look at the at the weather, make sure we're not going to be running into any crazy rainstorms. Um, so we'll have our date out here shortly, and we'll we'll start our solicitations probably in February. Um, right, but we'll right. take it anytime. If somebody wants to go throw together a, a gift basket, we'll take it anytime. So just let us know you want to donate something, drop it off, um, and we'll store it for our next event. Oh, good. Thank you for telling me that. And you're also accepting uh, people that want to sponsor. They can give a sponsor. Yeah, yeah that's all online, isn't it? Yeah, so we'll have that stuff posted probably early February. Um, you can do it online. You can come into the office. Again, we try to make everything as easy as possible. So whatever works for you works for us. If you want to call us, stop in, do it online. Um, you know, what? whatever works for you works for us. And so we always take sponsors for that event. Um, most sponsorships come with a, a player registration so you can enter your own team. Um, we'd love to see the different businesses out there all competing against one another. So again, it's a really fun day. <laughs> I love it. I, it's really fun. There are not very many golf tournaments going on. <clears throat> Excuse me, but this one is very important to all of us. Yeah. And then it'll be quiet until when? Certainly not until September and empty bowls. No, no. We'll do our um, Fiesta Fins event in yeah. May. Yeah. Um, so we'll be, hopefully, we had skipped a couple years there. We'll be bringing that back this year. Um, that'll be back our usual, hopefully back in the restaurant um, so again, we like to give people all, all the different options there. That's another really fun one. Great it food um, from Finns, great music, dancing. Um, that's another great one. So that'll be in May. Yeah. And then we'll head into the end of the year with our empty bowls and our, our giving Tuesday. So empty bowls still is an event to attend. Oh, absolutely. I I say I love the golf tournament, but empty bowls is definitely my favorite event because um, it's, it's such a unique combination of you know local restaurants donating the soup i we had so many incredible soups last year um and we had quite a few new bakeries that donated bread um so we had like bread bike of course we always have our grover beach sourdough we love them um it's just it's a very cool event to bring together artists making these ceramic bowls you know walking through it it mimics a soup line, you know, so it, it kind of gives you that experience of if I, you know, had to go get my bowl and, and walk through the soup line um, and just have a really nice kind of humble meal of, of soup and bread. But it's it's really an incredible event to see. I think we get about anywhere from six to eight hundred people through the door in, in two hours. <laughs> <laughs> and then are you already asking people to start making bowls? Oh, yeah, we start empty. As soon as Empty Bowls finishes, we start on Empty Bowls for the next year. <laughs> well, that's that's the only way to do it, correct? Exactly, yeah. So we usually try to have an inventory of about a 1,000 bowls, um, you know, a little more um, if, if we can. What we always find is people come, they'll buy a ticket, you know, thinking I'm going to come in and get, get one bowl and get my soup. And then they walk through the line of all the bowls. And I'm, I'm telling you, it's such a deal, you know, for this event. Um, it's $25 a ticket. Um but you get these just incredible handmade ceramic bowls, you know, and we've got tons of different artists and community groups that make them. And so without fail, you know, everyone walks through, they have their one ticket and they say, oh my gosh, can I buy four more tickets? Because I've got four <laughs> other bowls that I want. 
<laughs> well, then they know how it works. Yep, yep, yep. So then once the, so then they learn for the next year, you know, just buy your five tickets up front and, and you'll get to go through and, um, you know, pick out all the bowls. It's a great Christmas gift to give to, you know, we had a lot of people come through this year and, and buying five, 10, you know, bowls saying, oh, everyone's getting a bowl for Christmas this year. Oh, that's so. a terrific idea. Yeah. Promote that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this year was the first time in a while that we've been inside, correct? Yeah, yeah. Did it work yeah. all right? Oh yeah, absolutely. It was it was fantastic. We have outdoor seating options, so folks who were still a little, um, you know, not wanting to come in with all of those people had an option to sit outside or take to go. Um, that's always an option. You can come through, pick out your bowl, and then we also did another mobile event. So, um, and we'll probably do the same thing next year. Give people that option. We still had restaurants that were you know open to participating in the soup coupon. So if you didn't make it to our in person one and just wanted to walk through and pick out your bowl. You still got your soup coupon and, you know, we had 10 or 15 restaurants that that supported that as well. So you could go in and get your bowl of soup after that. Now, is there a time limit as to when you may use that coupon? I mean, I don't know. Is there? Yeah, we always do it through the end of the year. So we give people about uh, three months to use it. So um, it goes through December 31st. So if you haven't used your soup coupon yet, I'm sorry, it's expired. Well, uh, three months should be sufficient. I would hope so. You know, but some people like to wait for a cold rainy day, you know, to go out and get their soup. Oh, all right. We'll <laughs> we'll let them do that. And yep. your helping agencies are still right with you. The uh, People Self Help, the Housing Authority, Echo. All these people are still hand in hand with you. Correct? Oh yeah, of course. I mean, you know, again, it's it's a big county, and and we're based down here in South County, but we provide our housing services countywide. So we truly could not do it without them. Uh, you know, we work with Capslo for folks that are in San Luis Obispo. We work with Echo for folks that are up in North County the Link Family Resource Center, um, you know, and people who don't know about our services will usually contact one of those other ones first. And so um, particularly for our rental assistance programs or our deposit assistance programs, you know, people who are in housing and, and maybe at risk of losing it or trying to move into housing, but, you know, finding out that they can't afford to pay the full deposit, you know, most most deposits these days are a double deposit. And then you've got your first month's rent. If, if you're a family of three or four, you know, it's nearly $10,000 to move into a rental these days. Um, and so we provide that assistance and, you know, all of our agency partners know our services and help direct people to us when, when they have, you know, clients that may be in need. Is it always, is it, I don't want to use, I will use the word, is it disturbing when someone comes in and, and tells you they've never heard of you before? Don't you wonder how people get their information? Yeah, you know, but you also have to think about where people are are at and particularly for those who are either new to the community or it can be really scary to ask for help. Um, you know, we find that a lot of times when people are coming in, especially for rental assistance, um, you know, you, you're starting to fall behind, you, you miss the utility payment, you, you have a repair on your car that you need to pay, and you just keep hoping you're going to figure it out. And, and there's always the stigma of, you know, I never thought I was going to be homeless, or I can't be homeless. There's no way, you know, I, ha I have a good job and I have a family. Um, but people don't realize, you know, again, couple things in a row can happen and, and you find yourself in a situation where you can't pay your rent that month and it can be really terrifying. Um, and so for a lot of people, they've never ever been in a situation where they've needed to ask for help. And so they've never had to research, you know, where, where can I go for this or even know that organizations like ours exist that can help pay your rent, you know, for the month to help you get back on track for the next month. Um, so it's, you know, it's, we always, 
encourage people to call early, but we also understand that, you know, in some situations, people don't know that we're out there or, or they thought they could figure it out. And, you know, and then, and then it gets to a point where, you know, luckily the hairdresser or the gal at the bank says, well, have you tried five cities homeless coalition? And, yeah. you know, and they find their way to us. And, um, you know, we get a lot of, of referrals just by word of mouth. So, you know, thank you to everyone out there in the community who, you know, just when you're, you're chatting in line or, um, have a friend that's in need. Yeah. Send, send them our way. Cause you know, people don't always know that, they may know who we are, but they may not know all the resources that we have to offer. So may I ask, do you ask when someone comes in for the first time how they found out about you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is when, uh, whenever we do an intake, we always ask people how they found out. And I will say um, probably 50%, if not more, it, it was a word of mouth. It was um, somebody who, who pointed them in our direction. And, and so thankful for that. Yeah, yeah, really. Now, what if someone comes in, they have absolutely no paperwork? How does intake go from there? I well, mean, we'll start, yeah. Something. Yeah, we'll start wherever that person is at. Um, you know, we find that situation all the time, especially when someone's been out for, you know, um, living out of doors or in their car. You know, it can, it can be hard to keep track of your stuff. Um, and so we will help people get their ID. We'll help people get their social security cards. We'll help people get their birth certificates. Um, when I was, you know, working in case management, that's always a fun game to play of if I have no documentation, where do I start? Because you need something to get the ID. You need something to get the birth certificate. Um, but our case managers do an awesome job at, at navigating that and, and, you know, tracking down whether it be family members or, you know, did social services at one point have a copy of your ID that we can start with that, you know, and that'll at least kind of get us moving in the right direction. Um, and so we'll, we'll start wherever they're at. Um, and, you know, like I said, for, for a lot of folks, we're, we're really starting from square one and it can be a little discouraging and it can take a really long time to get all of those documents together. But once we have them all, you know, we make sure we retain copies of everything so that if somebody loses the ID, you know, we know we have a copy and, and we can help them get another one. Um, and, you know, we, we just start with what we got and, and we go from there. Does the Social Security Office in San Luis Obispo work with you? Is that where how you deal with someone who doesn't have a Social Security card or who has lost it? Or do you have to go online and do all of that? A lot of stuff has gone online now. And so that can be another really challenging piece is for, you know, a lot of our folks who aren't computer literate. So many things are online now. Um, and so we do, we'll, we'll do whatever, whatever works. We'll, sometimes we'll try online. And if we can't do it that way, our case managers will literally, you know, pick somebody up and take them into the Social Security office and say, here's what we have. What do we, what do we need to do from here? Um, so, you know, with a lot of our clients, there's a lot of handholding, um, you know, and like I said, it's, it's, we're starting wherever they're at and we're with them every step of the way. So the same, you know, with the, same with veterans administration, they work with you. Yeah. And we have a local, um, SSVF program, uh, supportive services for veteran families. Um, and so they work with veterans in South County. We refer back and forth, you know, with them all the time. They're just two streets away from us. Um, so it's great. So if somebody they can't serve walks into their office, they just send them right down to us. If somebody walks into our office, that would be a better fit for their services. We just send them right over to their office. And um, we've got quite a few veterans living in our cabins right now. So we work really closely with, you know, they've got multiple case managers who are, you know, making sure, okay, all this benefit stuff is squared away with the VA and 
we're working on housing over here and, you know, our case managers are just doing the kind of day-to-day check-ins. Um, so we've got a really great partnership with our veteran services here. Well, the uh, helping communities all know each other. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Most of us have worked together for years and, um, you know, again, we're all, we're all kind of experts and resources half of what we all do is just make sure, you know, okay, again, if we can't do this, I know someone who can. So I'm, I'm picking up that phone. I'm making that phone call and saying, here's my situation. How do I, you know, how do I handle this? We, we had one with a veteran recently. And so of course we call up their program manager and say, I've never seen this situation before. We're not quite sure where to direct this person. And, you know, and, and she took us through the, the whole walkthrough and said, send them over here. But yeah, here's who you need to contact if you, if you run through that again. So is it difficult to become a program specialist at the Five Cities Homeless Coalition? Well, we're hiring for all sorts of positions right now. (laughs) Um, So we're hiring for, you know, cabin monitors. We're hiring for case managers. We're hiring for um, warming center monitors. Um, I will say it it does take a long time to learn, you know, the resources in the community because there's so many small groups and grassroots groups and, um, you know, you just kind of got to be in it for a while to start to learn, you know, where all these little gaps are, are filled because there are groups out there that, that do everything. Um, and so when folks come on, you know, and it's their first day here and they're so overwhelmed, you know, with, with everything that's out there, um, you know, we always tell them it takes, takes a solid six months to, to get really familiar and, and find your points of contacts. But, um, we, you know, we do a great job of, of working with all those groups. If we've got, say a utility bill that's, you know, several hundred dollars that we know we can't cover all of those costs. We've got local churches, we've got, you know, the, the program, the heat program through Capslow. And so we'll try to pull all those together so that we can get it covered. So we're not leaving this person, you know, with, okay, we're going to help with a little bit, but you got to figure out how to take care of the rest. You know, we really try to set people up for success, especially if we're providing financial assistance. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Devin McQuaid from the Five Cities Homeless Coalition. Tell me about uh, furniture. People have furniture they want to to donate, but you don't have storage for that, correct? We don't, um, but we will, that's not to say we won't take furniture. Um, So typically what we'll do is try and match it with a client who's recently moved in or who's about to move in. Um, So most of our folks, you know, if they're, if they're moving into a new unit, they don't have furniture. Um, and that's that's not something we really have a lot of funding to cover in terms of purchasing. We'll make sure folks are set up with some basic necessities. Um, but the rest, you know, in terms of like a dining room table or a couch or um, a dresser, uh, we really try to put out there and, you know, see if we can get a donation for that. So if somebody has an item, um, they can contact our office and we'll try and match it with somebody who's recently moved in and see if it's, um, you know, something that that client can use or needs. A lot of our folks move into really tiny places. So um, it can be a little hard if somebody's got a big dining room table or a big couch. Um, Unfortunately, it won't always fit in the spaces that our clients move into. But we do always try to, you know, utilize those donations and and get them matched up with a client whenever we can. And on any given day, how many people do you think come in asking for assistance? Is it 12? Is it 20? Oh, we usually have about 30 walk-ins a day. Yeah, we we see about 300 people every month 
um, 30, 300 walk-ins. Yeah. So, and some folks are just coming in, you know, to use the phone or, um, get a food bag. You know, we, we provide these kind of high protein snack bags. So say somebody missed, um, the lunch line for the day, you know, they had an appointment and they couldn't make it to the lunch line. They can come into our office and, and get a snack bag. Um, that's usually filled with, you know, either some tuna or chicken, um, peanut butter, granola bars, you know, things that are high in protein um, that will hopefully kind of sustain them until they can get their next meal. And do you have someone that puts that all together in little food bags, volunteers yeah. to do that? Yeah, we get um, the, the no-cook snack bags from the food bank. Um, and so those have been an awesome. They started those probably about five years ago. Um, and it's been a really successful program for, you know, for us and other outreach teams that go out um, to be able to provide those. And again, like the socks where it's just a great way to kind of go out and say, we don't have to do anything today. I just, you know, I just want to offer you some food um, and just, you know, kind of start that engagement with people that are out there that that may not be ready or willing to come into the office. Uh, but then we've got other, you know, volunteers um, and people who donate items, you know, and so, so we'll make extra snack bags or kind of fill in the ones that we get from the food bag with those extra donations. And um, we always love when volunteers want to come in and put those together or put together our hygiene kits. Um, that's something that we go through, you know, every single day. We, we probably pass out, you know, 15 to 20 of them every day. Oh, the hygiene kits, very important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we give those out, um, again, like I said, every day, um, small, you know, think about somebody who's out there and has to carry all of their stuff on their back. Um, so we love those little travel size shampoos, travel size conditioner, body wash. Um, and so we'll put together little kits, you know, razors, deodorant, um, things like that, that, you know, not, aren't always as easy to come by. Most places don't provide those items unless you're either staying at the shelter or, um, you know, engaged in some sort of other services. So, um, and then we've got our, our shower trailer that's down here. Um, they provide their own stuff, um, which is really great. So for folks needing a shower, Shower the People is such an awesome resource. Um, it's it's really been such an added value, you know, to the community and for, for folks who don't have access to a shower elsewhere um, to be able to go in and use it. Where is it? Is it in Grover? Yeah, I believe they are at um, People's Kitchen once a week. Um, they've got a website, showerthepeople.org, that um, says where they are throughout the community. Um, and so I think they're down here once or twice a week. And then they've got, you know, pop-ups also in San Luis and out on the coast. Um, it is a, it's a small but mighty group, you know, like like how we formed, um, you know, but all volunteer driven, all volunteer run. Um, just really an incredible, you know, organization. Yeah, how many volunteers do you think come to you? Oh, throughout the year, I'm 150. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we've got we've got a ton of volunteers and and all different kind of areas of expertise. We've got our wonderful volunteers that love to do the events and selling raffle tickets and all that sort of stuff. And then, you know, particularly this season, we have an awesome cohort of volunteers that work at the Winter Warming Center. Um, we've got some folks that are, you know, more interested in the, the administrative side of things. Um, so coming in and doing, you know, scanning and filing and helping with some data entry. Um, you know, we've, we've grown so much, we have needs everywhere. <laughs> so um, if, if you're interested in volunteering and you've got, you know, kind of a special area that you're looking to volunteer in, please contact us because we'd love to slot you in wherever you're interested. Shall we give people a phone number, please, Devin? Yeah, 805 574 one six three eight 
Just tell them you're interested in volunteering and ask for Stephanie. And then uh, address, please, where we may come by and see you. 100 South 4th Street in Grover Beach. You can't miss us. We have big blue awnings, a big sign that says 5CHC. We're so excited. We love our sign. Um, <laughs> before we had that, it, we, we were hard to find. Um, but now you really can't miss us. And do you, do you think that the cabins are a terrific blueprint for what can happen elsewhere? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I've worked in homeless services for quite a while, and, and I've never seen a program as efficient as this one. Um, and we saw that coming out, you know, when Jana, our executive director, was initially looking at this model and we were looking at these other pilot projects. It was just like, gosh, I can't believe it. You know, the success rates are just truly incredible. Um, and, it, you know, it just it sets people up with that foundation to, you know, learn how to become a tenant and take care of your stuff and live in a community. And, you know, you we have our case managers, we have our staff on site that are willing to help you, but it is really client driven. You know, they have to set their goals. They have to meet their goals. Um, we have like a 75% success rate right now of people moving into permanent housing. We've had to exit very few people. Um, people are really incredibly grateful for the opportunity and they work really hard. And, you know, our, our folks that are, you know, still in there who, you know, who have taken a little while to, to graduate. It's, it's not that they're not doing anything right. It's the housing is so hard to find. Um, and, you know, we've got quite a few folks with pets. And so that makes it more difficult, you know, low income housing with pets is, is, you know, really challenging, but, um, I'm just blown away by the success that we've had out of that. And I, you know, again, with, uh, have, adding 30 more units, you know, we, we can really more than double, you know, our folks that were moving into permanent housing every single month. That's quite quite a number for a community of this size. Yeah, you know, I mean, we we'd love to have more beds, but you know, for us, we we gotta just <laughs> we've got our feet wet. We're ready to add some more, um, and and it anything bigger than that just becomes harder to manage. Um, okay. And so, thirty feels like a great number. You know, typically we have um, it's single adults, but if somebody comes in in a couple. Um, you know, at our current place, they, they can live together. So I think we have 23 or so residents on site right now. Um, and it's really manageable so that people get that one-on-one -on -one attention. Um, the community is incredibly strong. You know, it's a, it's a perfect number for folks who support each other. You know, if somebody's got a job interview and, and need someone to watch their dog or um, needs a ride to an appointment, you know, our staff do a lot, but the residents there really also take care of one another. Um, and so I think we'll be able to replicate that at our Barca project and, and we're excited to get that off the ground this year. And everything that it encompasses, the, the caseworkers, the little community room that's there, all of that is important. All those segments are important. Yeah, it's a really, you know, well thought out project. It's, you know, something as, as simple as just saying, we're not gonna have bathrooms, you know, in the cabins and we have this community room and that's where meals are served, you know, that's to get people to come out of their cabins and, you know, make sure that they're not isolating themselves inside. Um, and so there's all these little details and then we looked at a lot of projects before putting, you know, these two together to figure out what works best and what's going to be most successful. Um, and this design, you know, again, really does build that community and it really is client driven in terms of the programming and, and setting those goals and, you know, what are those milestones? for success. Um, and, you know, like I said, people are really grateful for the opportunity. And so, you know, we're, we're a 
no barrier, low barrier. Um, so folks don't have to be sober to come in. They don't have to be, you know, actively working on their mental health. You just have to be kind and you got to be willing to work on it. And so, you know, we start at a different place with every person who walks through the door. But once people get that unit and realize, okay, and they see people moving on, they see people moving up, they see people making progress, you know, it's kind of a rotating door. Somebody moves out, somebody new moves in. So people are at all different stages in their case plan. And so I think that component of it too is also really encouraging to say, oh, this person's only been here three months and they're moving into housing next month. You know, this really works. And I, you know, they were where I was when I, you know, when I moved in. And so I can do that too. And that's application driven as well. Yeah, we have a wait list right now. Um, I mean, unfortunately, our wait list is over 200 people long right now. So um, we'll be able to obviously pull some people off and move them into the Barca project once it's open here in a couple months. Um, but it, it continues to grow. So there's there's clearly a need out there. Um, and, you know, we just we just take it one day at a time, one person at a time. So there's there's no rush. You know, people have to be working their case plan, but there's no rush to move them out. Uh, Thank you very much, Devin, for being with us today. It's always a great, uplifting conversation. And we wish you the best, all of you, for 2024. And ladies and gentlemen, this is the Pismo Beach Today Show, and you are listening to Devin McQuaid. And uh, we'll talk to you all next week. Thank you very much and goodbye. You've been listening to the Pismo Beach Today Show with Anita Shower on News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 KVEC. For comments, questions, and to hear this broadcast in its entirety, find the podcast at 920kvec.com. The 920 KVEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.